G'day punters, welcome to the Deep Dive. Pete Anthonis alongside Shane Curlio, Jackson Oldham and Rob Scurry. We will be reviewing both beatings in depth using the punting form data fresh from Randwick and also the Valley. But before we get stuck into any of that, Jackson, you were up there at the Gabba to watch your beloved Brisbane somehow defeat Richmond. I'm not sure if Richmond choked in one of the great displays of recent times if Brisbane got lucky, I'm not sure how to describe it, but how did you find the experience there live at the at the Gabba? Yeah, it was unbelievable. Um, I'm co- not quite sure how we won. It felt like Richmond were playing with about 24 blokes, and we had we had 19 for the majority of the game. Like they just they seemed to be everywhere, but the but the scoreline never really reflected that. It was a strange game to be at. Um, one of the better and. Um, an item of my life, though, it must be said. Um, got a little bit carried away and have been comatose ever since. Well, that's all right. You won at the Valley, so uh, yeah, maybe you should do it more often. But, I mean, you, you probably witnessed one of the more controversial mm. incidents or decisions in recent finals memory, the Tom Lynch overturned goal. I think the general consensus amongst the AFL media is the right decision was made. They just came to it using the wrong decision-making process. Yeah, yeah. What was the crowd doing? Because you were sitting in a bunch of Richmond fans, I believe. Yeah, I was. I was. I was surrounded by Richmond. Uh, also, so there was 35,000 there. There must have been twenty-three thousand Richmond fans. Like it felt <laughs> like an away game. It was ridiculous. Uh, the crowd on both sides uh, just went mental. Just everybody lost their marbles. I, I don't know how that was overturned, but um, clearly very happy it was. Absolutely, Curls. Uh, you would have been watching intently, I'm sure, especially, well, Thursday you would have had some sort of hope. Friday you probably would have lost it all. But did you have any thoughts on any of the footy over the weekend? Oh, I think um, from what I saw that, it, like, the AFL would be um, – benefit from a Collingwood Sydney grand final. I thought uh, they play exciting football and yeah. they were they were the two most impressive teams. I know Collingwood got beaten, that might sound stupid, but I just love I just I'm, like I found myself barracking like cheering Collingwood just because of the way they go about it. Um, I think they play an exciting brand and Sydney's four quarter pressure performance would have to be as good as you've seen in a final for a while. I know that's a stupid saying but like, you know, some games stand out and last season's finals didn't really, nothing really stood out because Melbourne were just completely dominant. Um, and to Sydney's four-quarter pressure performance was enormous. I was actually on the Swans and Tom Papley to kick two goals. Um, <laughs> just a little bit of a, you know, self-circle, <laughs> semi-circle jerk there. Um, yeah, they just, they're both good teams the way they apply themselves and I think it's great. Um, even the game the other night, it was a Saturday night. The free oh, yeah. the free A win. I, I I turned that off, boys. I thought I thought the job's done, dogs, and mm. didn't watch the game. Although, like, I still like I I still like obviously Barrack for Melbourne and want them to be successful. But I thought the actual game of footy like overtook that. I just thought it was like it was just great watching those games and close, and you just had find a little bit. Uh, of admiration about teams the way they go about it, and Sydney and Collingwood were the two that sort of that um, that got me excited on the weekend. It probably and was the best week of finals football ever, 
in terms of week one. The four games are all amazing. Yeah. And the most exciting thing I thought out of it is that Geelong are one win away from elimination. Why did you to say that, Carl? You hate them. I <laughs> so you didn't give them uh, no praise at all. Uh, talked up Collingwood. Well, you, just, then... you love an underdog in sport. Geelong have been the, the best team for most of the year by default. And yay, yeah. footy. Footy's the real winner, Peter. Footy is the real winner. I tell you who wasn't the real winner, either the Wallabies or the Australian cricket team. My goodness gracious me, just like <laughs> crashing back to earth, like losing to Zimbabwe for the first time in Australia. Oh, like, oh Peter. A real where were you moment. I wasn't fucking watching, that's for sure. I'm glad that you brought that up because I got a message um, from a friend of ours, a mutual friend, you might say, <laughs> uh, just out of the blue, <laughs> who said, um, like, Laying Zimbabwe at a dollar thirty-nine, dollar forty here is just a great bet. <laughs> and they got so, I think it was yeah. Saturday morning. Was it like late? Was it what time of the day? Was it Saturday anyway? Yeah. yeah it was. I'm trying to bet on the races. I'm following Jackson and Rob out of the yard, and I had a little bit of more money than I anticipated in my bet for account. So I thought, oh, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> I'll lay the Zims here at dollar forty. Who's Zimbabwe anyway? They're not even a real. Nation of cricketers, surely we beat them on our home deck at Townsville, wherever they were playing. <laughs> Christ. Never traded any higher than a dollar forty, I don't think. No. Laid them laid them at top. Laid them at the top and thank God bless the racing gods and God bless Jackson and Rob for continuing Absolutely. to win to get me out. Absolutely. Started September with a bang, that's for sure. Okay, let's talk some racing. We'll start at the Valley. The feature races were the Fan and the McEwen, won by Mr. Brightside and Rothfire. Jackson, if we start with the Fan, look, slowly run race, very slowly run race on punting forms data. They've gone fastly slow in front. 13.8 lengths slow to the 600. This is a barrier trial if ever I've seen one. Yeah, I just just a run, like just a barrier trial. I Again, like you know, say this last week or the week before about the feature race, just learn absolutely nothing, less than nothing here. Um, Mr. Brightside's in the eight dollars for the Cox Plate. That's um, staggering price, isn't it? Like, how's the market overreaction? It's just yeah. ridiculous. Um, learn, yeah, learn, learn nothing. I don't even have anything to add. Really? Yeah, we did have a question. Will Mr. Brightside go to the Caulfield Cup or the Cox Plate? I don't think it really matters is my opinion. He's a very consistent horse, don't get me wrong. Never finished worse than fourth, but he's not good enough to win either of those races and surely 2,400 is going to be a genuine query. But is he what suddenly going to be beating Animo? I, no. I can't see it. No, I, I, he's he's not going to the Caulfield Cup. Surely no. they're not going not gonna to go to 2,400. I, I imagine he goes Underwood. Cox Plate, but yeah, uh, I, yeah, uh, like Jeez. he's he's a genuine twenty-one dollar chance in a Cox Plate. Twenty-one yep. dollar chance. He's twenty-one dollars to run the trip strong enough, isn't he? Let alone win it. Yeah, I mean, look, his record in those genuine fast tempo races isn't isn't bad. I think he's a, a reasonably versatile horse. Like he's won a fast run, Mooney Valley Mile uh, back in his first prep in Australia. He won a reasonably fast mile race at Sandown, but that's about it. The rest of his career has just been even to slow races. So he's got a good turn of foot when the opportunity presents and he can sit himself on speed. Um, and that's yeah, other than that, he really has to find another couple of gears to be winning these big races. 
It's a you tough know, one, I suppose, from an ownership point of view too, because you know he's going to get into a cox plate, and that's the holy grail of racing, isn't it? So you, you, can, you sort of got to sit in there, don't you? You got to sit in there. Let me drop some generational knowledge. <laughs> Fee and stakes, or now the Dato that Tim Nam. If you go back twenty years, one in two winners of that race wins the cox plate. But that doesn't take into account the modern era and the shipping these new horses in. But how many? What about the clam seafood? Any like is any horse won the clam seafood <laughs> be in? Or is it before that? <laughs> what are we doing? We're a sellout. Honestly, everyone does everything. Everything everyone does uh, things they don't want to do for money. Yeah. Naming that race the clam seafood fee and stakes would be something the Moody Valley Racing Club didn't want to do but had to for money. And we're all we're all there right well, now, so it doesn't well, matter. It's fine. Yeah. The uh, uh, RIP Dardo, you know, it was yeah. the Dardo for a while. I would change my name to Clam Seafood <laughs> if uh, they wanted to pay to. Well, if you're I'll, listening. Well, I'll be a Colgate Optic White then. <laughs> Oh, goodness. Speaking um, of clam seafood, Peter, a couple of things I want to add about Mr. Brightstar that's got nothing to do with the clam seafood. <laughs> number one, number one, uh, two things about this uh, about this win on Saturday from Mr. Brightstar that caught my attention. Number one was Ben Hayes referring this horse's ability to better loosen up. Yeah. Now, a little bit of homework suggested suggests to me that Ben was born in about 1990. Uh, and better loosen up was a you know was a champion horse around 1990 1991, which goes to show how intelligent Ben was because he remembers that horse's ability when he was one <laughs> year old. I, I was there in 1990 when it won the Cobb's Place. Start of century went 30 lengths clear. No, it didn't. It did. Um, <laughs> Look it up when you get home. <laughs> no, no, I don't. Mate, I've got no idea. I was too busy oh, winning was... the under 14s grand final that day. Yeah, that burn by a point. Um, we beat Bort, who were undefeated that season. Oh, um, uh, second thing I want to I noted of that is the media's need to go and ask David's opinion. Like David doesn't train this horse; his boys are standing on their own two feet. The whole industry, when I say the whole industry, me was like these blokes can't succeed. Like the, like Lindsay Park stats are going to fall off a cliff with these young fellas taking over. Like it's just not going to happen. They've defied that narrative and they've done an outstanding job. They don't need to go and the media doesn't need to ask dad how the boys are going anymore. Go and talk to the boys. They stand alone. They're doing a terrific job and full credit to them. Oh, absolutely. I mean, if you have a look at just their cursory glance at their punting form data, and if we compare when they were in the training partnership with Tom Dabenig and David, their career with David and Dabenig was 13.8% win strike rate with a 37.2% place strike rate. If we have a look at Ben and JD, they're currently operating at 12.9% win strike rate and 35.9% place. So they're basically going bang on what they've been doing forever. So nothing's and changed. Can, and you can probably argue with the with, with the exodus of their horses after that, after that yeah. as well. They probably have less horses to work with. Absolutely. Well, I reckon they've done a great job. Quality horses anyway. Full yep. credit to Ben and JD, especially Ben, because there was one winter bottom mistakes when I can't remember which horses they brought over. But uh, after the race, uh, Ben was hanging around having a few beers in the stone muddleless bar underneath the Ascot grandstand. And uh, myself and Maury, Brenton Moore, he bailed up Ben Hayes for a tip 
that might have been coming up from the Blue Diamond and Ben threw out Catchy. Currently, uh, Catchy at that time was 80 to 1 and 100 to 1 in some markets. And I think Maury paid for his wedding back, basically backing that horse on that occasion. And um, yeah, that was the only futures bet I've ever had land in the history of my life. And it's all thanks to Ben Hayes. <laughs> Too good. All credit, Ben Hayes. Looking yeah. forward to having a beer with him over Magic Millions. We'll sort him out, Peter. We'll get him on the show. Oh, Just to thank good. him for Catchy. God, we're turning to media moguls, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> we're suddenly inviting, we're calling people out to be on the show. It's yeah. wonderful. I know that Ben listens, so all um, the best. Quick word on the Beaten Brigade, Jackson. Was anything a standout in the yard, anything you thought you could follow? Inspirational girl, Spanish mission, sound and Earlswood. Uh, not particularly. Uh, inspirational girl, as as expected, Danny O improvement to come. Spanish mission, mission was there, uh, was there ready to go. Uh, I just don't think he's any good. And Earlswood was right there, ready to go. Um, and I don't think it's much good either. So uh, outside of the winner, I think they're all almost cast. Okay. Uh, well That's... done to Danny O for training a winner at uh, Geelong yesterday. Um, I know that one of the Danny O disciples was not happy with our comments about his, you know, recent performances with the pink and white on Twitter. Um, but I see he did win at Geelong there, $4 down to $8.50 um, yesterday. So well done, Danny O. I mean, a little bit, yeah. too. he had a couple of nice seconds there on Saturday. Yeah, Midnight Blue was, was I thought, pretty good going through the line. Inspirational girl. Not sure she quite handled the corner, um, but yep. at least she's come back in one pace. But very slow race. Might actually need one more based off that. I'm not sure that was necessarily a conditioning run. Let's have a look at the McEwen stakes. Uh, Rothfire defeated Zoo Style and Coolan Gatta was there to win basically didn't slow tempo race overall and punting form started Jackson 4.8 length slow to the 600 and you had a whole heap of forces that just tailed off behind uh, Simeon and also in the Congo which never got into the right spot yep. and I did ask the question uh, was there any change or was there anything in the stewards report regarding away game outside of having the Yulong colours on board because the thing tailed off by 10.7 lengths and the stewards report said Jackson Cardiac arrhythmia, the oh, old faithfuls. So, <laughs> so if you do the math, it's been beaten 10.7. Um, cardiac arrhythmia is about three, and the yes. Yulong colours are about 26. <laughs> so it's actually run very well here, I think. Ah, <laughs> uh, Amazing. Uh, oh, look, this is, uh, this is a staggering performance. Now, first of all, I will never let an opportunity slip to whack Jack Dickens, who's made cool and gather his black booker. What fucking race is he watching? Honestly. Zoo Styles missed the kick, hunted up to lead, and Rothfire's got three legs. And they've run the Quinella. Yeah. Like Zoo Style arguably should have won. You got the goat fucking chewing on a bit of grass as the gates were opening and missed the kick for the first time in his fucking life. <laughs> and then you've got Rothfire, like, which is, like, I don't like Robert Heathcote much because he talks too much, like, carries on too much. <laughs> That's my job as, you know, as, as I was described on Twitter the other day as a knob jockey. I'm a couch jockey slash knob jockey, both apt um, descriptors. But anyway... I didn't like Heathcote because he called everyone a cheat and all that sort of shit. Anyway, this performance of his training performance to get Rothfire not only back to the track is one thing, but winning is fucking staggering. 
It's like, enormous. It's isn't staggering. It? It's he was he 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 looked gone first up last prep when we were on him off a hot trial. It got beat at Eagle Farm, and then he improved into the prep. So I'm like, well, I can't be on him first up um, in the McEwen because he didn't. He looked like a 1400 meter horse last prep because he didn't dash well enough first up. And here he is winning a McEwen first up, beating Zoo Style, who arguably should have won, and then you just pen the rest. Is there some sort of weird argument to be made, first time going the Victorian way of racing, that somehow he's been able to improve given that significant injury that he sustained? Perhaps going the other way of racing just changes the pressure or the loading going through that joint? It's interesting you say that. Um, Queensland's uh, One of Queensland's Sky Channel um, presenters, Kian Holland, had a was sort of talk chatting on Twitter about, you know, he wanted to hang in, you know, and look sore on that that way, on the Queensland way of going first up where this time, obviously on the other way of going, he just, he looked like the old rough fight, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah, really did. Look, that's his second career PB. Uh, the career peak was when he won the runs at a rose and then obviously in the golden rose, he suffered that injury. So uh, he's, he's well and truly back to somewhere near his best. But look, as you said, the beaten brigade, uh, zoo style, slow away. If it finds the front a little bit easier, they still run at a slow tempo. I guess that's probably the one balancing factor, mm. but he does tend to improve after that one run. But uh, cool and gutter Jackson, what did the horse look like in the yard? Obviously, coming up in age uh, for the first time, has she grown? Slightly, but still like very small against the Colts, uh, obviously. Uh, I was really taken with Rothfire out of the yard. Uh, yeah, cool and gutter was small, but like there, ready, wound up, ready to go. Uh, lightweight, every chance, uh, every chance at all. Almost got beaten by the Inferno, who dead set looked like he came straight out of a paddock. <laughs> so fat, woolly, and um, like he'd, he'd be the one I'd be taking out of the race, the Inferno. In the Congo, I want to forgive if he finds a race uh, where he can just t- take control. I thought this was weird placement with all the speed underneath, and he was just always in the wrong spot. Yeah, the, the but yeah, that's it's strange because like it was a slow tempo. Yeah. Yeah, it really was, wasn't it? Um, bizarre watching in in hindsight when you've got the data there. But, yeah, the Inferno obviously goes particularly well at the Valley. So even if he wasn't fit, he still finds a way. Uh, won the race last year and then ran second in Amoya behind Wild Ruler. So yep. look, those are your two feature races there from the Valley. Um, there's plenty of other figures on the card that stood out. Race one, the winner, Castilian. Um, good performance off a very fast tempo desert icon produced a good figure in race two and military expert produced the strongest figure of the day in race eight winning a 1600 meter open handicap jackson did any of those performances really stand out to you yeah um so so, so race one i'd be putting in the bin um they just went way too quick especially these young horses and castilian went 13.8 last 200 so I imagine that cooks them. Yeah, uh, that military expert, Uncle Bryn race, I think will be a really strong uh, reference moving forward. You can, uh, those top two horses are flying, especially Uncle Bryn. I know I give the camp a fair amount of crap, but they've got Uncle Bryn absolutely flying and is probably the, the horse out of the meeting that I want to follow. Okay. Um, anything on the three-year-old fillies in the Atlantic Jewel? Uh, that was won by Troach. I, was that just a case of perfect tempo up front for Troach and Lady Laguna and probably too good Willow? 
Yeah, 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 100%. I thought it was, I thought watching live, maybe not off the dart, watching live, I thought it was an odd decision by Ben Malam to push to the lead. I thought, I thought he could have just been there OSL and, and they would have controlled the race a little bit easier. But as it worked out, they ran one, two anyway. Um, got a little bit of a question mark about the strength of this form. I don't have a, a great opinion either way. If the form stacks up, uh, revolutionary miss uh, return while. Ran well in those wider lanes and a boogie dancer over a mile plus was very good as well, but just not sure about the strength of that form going forward. All right, that is the valley. We'll move One to more Renick. thing. Sorry, oh, okay. Pete. No, go for the show. It. We've got we've got a question on Sebenac. Yeah. I, 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 I had too much on him before the race, and then I went again in the run because I thought one out, one back wasn't a bad spot. Don't know what to make of the run. What do you think, Jackson? He didn't really have momentum, did he, on the yeah. turn at any stage? No. He was, he was never – look, he didn't find the line particularly well, but he was also never given a chance to build. I'm not sure the valley might be his go, but, gee, paraded outstanding. Yeah, very Don't nice. Who, yeah, who knows if he's got it up, you know, in the head, if he wants to yeah. be, it, the, I, be the champion. Looks like the champ. In, inconclusive, I'd say yeah. that man, more than anything else. Okay. Uh, Randwick was the other meeting of interest. Look, the track, I mean, how many times do we have to talk about tracks in Sydney? It seems like we have to talk about them every second week at the moment. Um, forward, strong advantage, probably about a two-and-a-half length advantage on the day. Rails and run, I've got listed as at least a two-length advantage there on the day. Lanes five-plus in the straight were just no good. Lanes eight-plus in particular, that was about a one-and-a-half length disadvantage if you found yourself out there. Rob, you still managed to to win in pretty significant fashion as well. Yeah, look, the good horses won. You know, it was, it was a good day. It was one of those days where I had to sort of stop myself from looking at the map because I, I thought there's a good chance that that could be more important than than anything, and, and that's what the betting is going to kind of come to. Um, and yeah, the track pretty quickly going to a heavy ten off. Not much rain on the day. That's the next comment I'll make. Um, was it a truly a heavy ten? Do the figures? Back that up. I mean, look, there was a couple of good performances on the day, as to be expected. Zaki was the best of those, which I actually found quite surprising, just given off the expected tempo, but uh, has managed to run particularly well over the concluding stages. Eduardo, very narrow behind it in terms of the overall margin, off a slow tempo once again. And Hell I Am, off a very fast tempo, has produced a good figure as well. So look, the overall adjusted figures on punting form are actually quite comparative and suggest that some of these horses are just better than what we've been seeing of late. But overall, it's a Sydney track. You have to just be really careful just balancing them up week to week. But I think um, the Sydney I think the Sydney tracks play into our favour. Because Rob's doing the mounting yard and then, like, overlaying, you know, the map there. And, like, I hope Sydney spends zero money <laughs> on upgrading their tracks because Rob's winning – what's the best descriptor? Like a motherfucker. I don't know. He's winning, <laughs> he's winning, like, consistently, consistently winning and consistently able to, to find the right horse out of the yard and then overlay that on a map and say this is a bet. Yeah, but I'm still betting like a bit of a puss, you know, betting to win five, betting to win ten. I want to up it. But I said I'll wait till the two-year-olds come and we're going to have a big crack then with the, the new spring two-year-olds. But, yeah, just just the keys, I think, with, with, with the tipping, is just not trying to do that, not not trying to 
you know, not force it at all, just just stick to a process. Mm. And the yard is, um, you know, is underused by the market, and, and it's what I'm I'm good at. I think the other one of the other things that we're seeing too is like. In, in, I think it's a racing media thing. There's a race to be first to tip Saturday. Fields are out at 10 o'clock. Yeah. Someone's got a preview at 11. Like, it's fucking worthless. 100%. In, like, probably more so Sydney but um, with the tracks that you've got to, you know, contend with week in, week out. And how good is it? And a big thanks to Racing New South Wales for this. They put the races you don't want to bet in first. Like the first, you know, they have the highway and that, so you can watch them and not bet, and then sort of get a bit of a read for the track. It's magnificent. And then you've got like eight decent, seven to eight decent races to bet in. It's brilliant. Let's start with the Concord because I think out of all of the races on the day, this probably had the most general interest, and a lot of that was to do with the the betting fluctuations as well. Looking at Eduardo's numbers, he's returned nearly the best figure on the day. I think it's fair to say that the horse has gone about as good as he could go off a slow tempo first up. There's going to be questions as to what level he can go to this preparation. Probably depends on who he faces in the Everest and so forth and what the track condition is. But Rob, run us through how, first of all, Eduardo looked and then secondly, how Andermatt looked. Well, uh, Eduardo looked, looked fantastic. Um, but he was big in condition. So that was my sort of thing, like, Usually, I've backed him first up every every campaign in Sydney for the last year and a half, two years. But um, and and he looked relaxed and professional, and he, he's usually like a like a, a bullfighter or not a bullfighter. What, a, what a, <laughs> he's usually like a you know a boxer going into a ring when he when he's up against Nature Strip, and um, I, I seem to look around the the field who's up against, and just just I've got the I got you. Uh, and Matt, uh, and like a lot of the um, Godolphin horses, they they look really kind of soft and woolly at this time of year. Uh, and Matt, especially so, um, it, it didn't really look ready to go. But it is such a chunky horse, and you know I see, see why the market came to it with this record fresh and its record on heavy tracks. Uh, that's another reason why I think I think there was a lot of money for it. But you know, I, I said I sent out. Um, oh, I don't know. Pathetic, half half a unit exactor. The 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 two the two favourites because they, you know, it was it wasn't the drift wasn't quite so savage three minutes out, but it got out to two ninety. I've missed a trick. Uh, he's pissed in. It's a shame he has to face you know the other horse over twelve hundred. Where I don't think he's quite suited. But um, you know, where were you, Eduardo? Two ninety should have should have been you know, what's the Kelly bet? Because it's really it's it's a dollar ten chance on form. I mean, look, the, the overall figures, if you're just going purely off raw figures, there's significant difference between Eduardo and the rest of the field. Yes. I know, look, there was a, you know, he was carrying more weight, but like, is the weight justified in terms of the overall price differential? Not not, not over this trip. No. No. Yeah. And, and the horses Eduardo has been racing against compared to these guys. Yeah. And to be fair, it's only four and a half kilos. So, I mean, um, Look, there's plenty of questions on Twitter regarding it. Um, one from Mark Crookshank, yeah, reading Twitter, everyone bet the drift and couldn't believe the price Eduardo got to a succulent <laughs> price, as Darren Flindell called it, a succulent price. Oh, yeah, okay. Um, Shaka Chano's mill. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Do you think it was the first up heavy, the map, not likely to find a fence, it's sort of biggest players slash the ones that actually control the market and SPs, oppose it, IEZ and the doctor and not the tweeter pundits. Well, I mean, yeah, the tweeter pundits, I don't think 
ever have anything to, to do with it, do they? Um, but Curls, did you have an opinion on the market and what was going on there? Yeah, I've got an opinion on everything. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're right. I mean, someone decided that uh, someone someone decided that Andy and Matt was the bet, and they were right. It's run a personal best, and it had its perfect setup. Um, you know, what wasn't accounted for is pattern of the day. Animat's ran as good as Animat. Obviously, everyone everyone within a 10K radius of Agnes Banks was on Animat early. Um, and we continue to stay firm. It's in its perfect setup on a heavy track, fresh, and it's run a PB. Perfectly fine. Uh, like I said, what wasn't accounted for there, I suppose, is the track pattern on the day. And um yeah, I think what uh, Crookie's saying there is um, that he wasn't smart enough to bet the drift, is what I'm reading, <laughs> what I'm hearing. Yeah, I'm in the same boat, mate, so, yeah. Um, and, like, yeah, I don't too. know, like, what like what, what else can you say? Like, there's a small, you know, handful of people that determine an SP. And uh, if Mark Roden was on this show, he would say the robots don't care for track bias. Correct. So take your opportunity, punters. Take a lesson from it. Take a lesson from it. The, just because it was drifting doesn't mean that it had three legs. No. no Superior exactly. horse in the race and got the right, has the had the right pattern to suit on the day, so it's a bet. The other thing that slightly grabbed me up about was having Malkovich in the race. Just, the tempo? Just, yeah. Yeah, just, just – uh, anyway, he's a really good horse. <laughs> yeah, well, I think well, – they. They're saying um, Nature Strip's like the third or fourth best horse in the world or something. So Eduardo's right up there as a sprinter in the world ranking. He really is. Because that's all we do in Australia because the only kind of mile and above horses we have are bred by So You Think. The rest are legalists. Is he better? I mean, Eduardo's a better horse than Artorias, right? Yes. Of course yeah. he is. So, like, you know, um, if Artorias wasn't parading parading around overseas, we wouldn't have read about him. You know, we would have read about Eduardo's, um, you know, return. So it's just like you just he got completely lost in the rankings uh, in in the narrative, Eduardo. He was the forgotten sprinter, and he's put himself back in contention on Saturday. Okay, the uh, best performance of the day, as I alluded to, was Zaki winning the tramway. Look, I was more than happy to try and take on Zaki. I didn't particularly like the setup. The field kept falling away on the day, and in the end, he's just been able to just run along at an even tempo, but accelerate really well off that. Um, ice bath was flashing home. That was the way the market tried to firm in around that galloper, obviously going down towards yeah. a heavy track. Uh, Profondo, I thought, was actually pretty good considering um, I'm sure that that horse will improve back onto a drier surface. The rest of them looked relatively plain. Um, Rob, run us through what the yard looked like. Okay. Zaki looked brilliant. He goes around with two two handlers. He's, he's a chunky style of quality animal that he is, uh, he's always switched on. When I've seen him, he's switched on like that for the um, Queen Elizabeth. Um, proper, proper horse. I've always thought he looks like a 14, 1600 metre type to me. You know, I'm not sure 2000 is, is doing him uh, any justice. Um, but yeah, I was still a little bit smarting for, I had a big, big bet on him, uh, Zaki, and never really, never really worried. Um, Old girl, girlfriend, uh, ice bath looked look well. She's always big in condition. Um, she's she's run well, and um, was was it Nimali in, in the race as well? Um, yeah, it's another good. So you think horse? She she's obviously maybe suited on the heavy tracks, but yeah, she's she's run pretty well. But 
probably, you know, Zaki, Zaki and the, the, the rest are a, a fair way off and even money was a good price. Mm. Kels, am I mad for thinking that I would like to try and take on Zaki at every start this preparation? Well, I suppose he is an eight-year-old and um, he's not going to get any faster, is he? Um, but in saying that, I was just sort of like um, like trying to find a chink in the armour around the I'm going to continue to lay him argument. Um, you know, maybe those heavy 10 runs, you know, for heavy 10 first up and, you know, does that like, is that an issue going forward for the rest of the prep? Um, then you sort of look back at his form last prep. He got knocked over on a heavy 10 in the in the Queen Elizabeth by, a, you know, by a natural will, a genius ride, getting onto the ambulance track. Otherwise, Zaki probably wins. Then won the Hollandale, but I was on a heavy again and then, you know, trying to butter up in the Doom and Cup, which we has beaten um, at 2,100 metres on a firmer surface. It's hard to know because he's got a great racing pattern He's going to be hard to beat wherever he goes because what's coming out of the pack? Where are these next level horses that are improving this spring to knock him over? Um, are they were they behind him on Saturday? I don't think so. No, I think Mr. Brightside, Mr. Brightside, and him are going to clash. Are they? Would you back Mr. Brightside to run over him on a firm track at eighteen hundred? I don't know. It's it's fascinating work. work. Or this next level of horses are that's going to knock over a horse like Zagi. Yeah, it's unlikely going to be. It's unlikely going to be the three-year-olds in mm. Wayne French. Mm. One, one of the one thing that this, that caught that's caught my eye a little there was the the like Profondo going around, um, like on that track. Like, yeah, I, I've said this before, and I'm going to sound like a prick. <laughs> Who cares? Like, if anyone but Richard Litt had that horse. Like if that horse was at Wallers, like it, it'd be a, it'll be a world beater. Um, I know very little about New South Wales racing, but was is is there any reason was there any reason Profondo didn't run in the Chalmersford instead of the tramway? That seems strange to me. Was there any reason that he should have been running? You know, he's probably the most valuable. You know, um, boy, or running on a heavy tent? That was ridiculous. <laughs> Yeah, it's unbelievable. After his first up run, you know, um, I, I, I could have been wrong, and he could have, you know, I've been screaming because I was on Profondo first up in the uh, Warwick Stakes. Um, but yeah, I, I, I couldn't understand him running here, and I think he's done run really well. But yes. why would you run him with his residual value? Every time he runs and he misses a place, it's, it, it, it costs the owner. But I guess the owner's got billions, like, like millions at least. Yeah, too true. Anyway, hope to see the best of him. Uh, Jackson, you just mentioned the Chelmsford. Uh, Knight's Order was one of the more impressive uh, winners on the day, been able to set it up, perfect right out in front from Tim Clark. Even Tempo was well and truly in double figures at 9 a.m. as well, and that was a few scratchings during the day, but uh, SP'd around that $7 mark. Rob, what did you think of the Gay Waterhouse, Adrian Bott-trained Knight's Order? Well, I love him because um, I backed him. Uh, <laughs> but so he's a horse he can get sweaty and won and win. He won the Sydney Cup. I remember he was, a, you know, they all wallet, um, you know, all these wallet stayers, these stay, staying horses. They usually walk around relaxed and not sweaty. But he was getting sweaty and he won that. And he, he looked, he looked forward here. His coat was, was sweet. Um, obviously, he had the racing 
um, pattern. Um, and yeah, I, I locked on to him as a bet. Um, Numerian obviously looked like it was going to get the right run as well. That was a horse we were on um, late in the championships carnival. Somehow I haven't followed it to its next two where it's won. Um, so that's, that's a bit annoying, but we, we got a little bit cheeky exactor. We thought um, the favourite with J-Mac was, was cast by the gate. So again, I was alluding to my slightly softish staking. We could have gone a bit harder here because um, and the Chomps has been a great race to me over the years. Uh, that's what I was thinking at Saturday night. But, you know, uh, really, really, really happy with the result. Um, another good, so you think, horse who's suited on these uh, heavy tracks. And, look, we've talked about the three-year-olds quite a bit on this show. The Furious Stakes, three-year-old fillies, they've gone even bang on for punning form, 0.1 length slow to the 600, and they've done nothing. Um, none of them have broken the class benchmark. Rob, can you make an excuse for any one of these? So which three-year-olds are we talking about? The fillies? They're, yeah. they're, all, they're all about as good as each other. Um, and they all – I. You know, Pride wanted me to have a have a bet in this race for for, for the punters because it's just you know three odd fillies. It's one of my classic. I love love this race, and I usually have a decent bet in it. Um, but you know, they all look very very around the mark. The one I almost got to to have a bet on was was uh, Wollonga Beast, um, who is a wet track type. She really like today borderline today on it to never second up, and um, thank goodness the the figs we had. She wasn't quite there, so I, I, I let her go, and um, she loomed up like she did that day in the championship when when Paris Dior um, uh, went past us. But yeah, Paris Dior was in the race, which is the ultimate grey up for me as well. She's um, uh, one of the the best type, best sprinting type here, anyway. Um, and the winners, you know, sit in a similar mould. It, it's 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 a similar style style of horse, but and you yeah, can I think. I, you can tie the you can tie all these together with form too, can't you? Coming through last prep, and then obviously most of these following the same path here. And I mean, what do you do? You just throw them in. The, if they're all similar type, and they all sort of like look pretty similar, like you just completely pen the race and just bet to the track pattern next start as well. Yeah, just try and forget them, judge them on the day. We'll, yeah. we'll, go, we'll go forward from that. I think, I think the next one is maybe the surround stakes. It might go up to fourteen hundred. Um, which is actually a group one, always a notoriously weak group one. Um, is there that Espiona wallet thing? Is, is, is that, is, or is that a four-year-old now? But, um, that might be a four-year-old, isn't it? Yeah, anyway. Anyway, but yeah, I think they're a pr- pretty average bunch. I was interested in that revolutionary miss down at uh, Mooney Valley. Uh, she seemed to go okay. Um, you know, I'd, if she comes back to Sydney on a firmer track, I could possibly entertain, but um, yeah, not looking to have a big bet in the in the flight stakes like I usually would this time of year. Okay. Uh, Curls, we'll just touch on Doombin. Do you have a word for uh, what happened up in Queensland over the weekend? I won. <laughs> Sorry, that's two words. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, there's a terrible racing uh, Saturday in Queensland. Great time to have a horse going to Tony Gollum that's ready to jump out and then trial and then run. Um Look, uh, yeah, not much to come out of it. Um, I could talk about um, race two where I said that um, we're going to see a nice horse resuming here in Steady Ready, who I thought was one of the better Queensland two-year-olds. Jumped from gate one, restrained, didn't want to lead, then come off the leaders back and just went shit, basically. I got it completely wrong, um, which led to a little bit of a tirade from me um, to myself about certain trainers and, you know, like, no, no one can train. 
they're complete guesses. Like how he got beat, it's like it completely staggers me. Um, how you ride speed horses, you know, with cover completely staggers me. Um, never finished off at all, but anyway, maybe I just got it wrong. Doubt it. Wouldn't be my fault. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, the the horses are just terrible. Um, Aussie Nugget was our best result. Had a, that was my biggest bet at Doom and um, – I think we took 450 or something or 420, started about 320, was the worst winning ride on the day. Um, there was 15 lengths, uh, 15 lanes off the fence and um, we decided to try and pick our way through. It was a fucking miracle she did get through. Could have won by 10. Um, certainly can, certainly will be winning again. Uh, that's Aussie Nugget there. Um, and the rest, but there's nothing, I've got nothing to follow. But nothing positive to say really about the meeting. And Toowoomba was a complete guessing game. Got a bit of moisture in the track, and then you couldn't win if you weren't leading. And then you know some jocks that were on leaders wanted to get cover, so that was good. And Gold Coast, the poor. I feel sorry for the Gold Coast Surf Club. The track's completely fucked. It started the renovation finally. Um, it got some rain, and the track was a heavy ten. It's just tough going. In any winning day or break-even day, like we won a couple of units, but just to win small is a fucking big result. I'm very pleased. Bloody good. Okay, look, the week ahead, um, Flemington. Ooh, we're, we're back, Jackson. Um, just, ooh. Um, exactly. Group one, Maccabi Diva. There's some decent races. The Bobby Lewis as well. That's always a race that I love going down the straight. Mm. So um, what else have you got besides that? Uh, looks like Sandown once again. There on Wednesday, back on the hillside. Back on the hillside. Um, Maui, uh, tomorrow, where after recording this, I'm going to have one ra- rather large wager. Ooh. So looking forward to that. Uh, <clears throat> uh, Bendigo weather permitting Thursday, and then Swan Hill, uh, hopefully a couple there on Friday, and a couple of meetings uh, over the weekend as well. So it looks a big betting week. Looking forward to it. Okay, excellent. Uh, Rob, you have got... Rose Hill, headlined by the Theo Marks, the Runs of the Rose, the Chiraco, and the Ming Dynasty. Rather be at Flemington. <laughs> Craig Lee Stakes, Chester Manifold. Um, but yeah, yeah, Rose Hill will be good. Um, weather looks okay this week. It's like sprinkles of rain. Maybe Saturday looks all right. So um, I expect Canterbury will be heavy nine on Wednesday. But, you know, go out there and look forward to it. Exactly. And uh, we're going to be running the 25% off three month special for another week as well. So if you want Rob's stuff, if you want Jackson's stuff, if you want all four of us for the Saturday four pack and get 25% off if you subscribe for the next three months, which will get you covered right through until the end of spring. Curls, what's your week looking like up in Queensland? Look really good. I've downloaded the mailbag app and I'm following Jackson and Rob. Um, really excited about the week ahead with the form they're in. If you don't want to buy my stuff, don't. But please buy Jackson and Rob and like then the four pack. Um, uh, we've got Eagle Farm Metropolitan Meeting Wednesday that Bailey will be uh, in the office uh, borrowing some bullets. Uh, then the Sunny Coast Poly Track. Like, I don't know why we have to have a Poly Track meeting scheduled during the week. We raced on the grass there yesterday. Uh, the Cairns Cup Carnival's on this week, Peter. Um, I don't know why I said that. Just said That's- it. <laughs> They're racing there Friday and Saturday. Um, Saturday, we've got Doobin, 
Aquas Park, Gold Coast, and Toowoomba. It's the last Toowoomba meeting, um, and then we have the week off, and then it's Toowoomba Cup Wheatwood, which will be the Saturday Metropolitan meeting. But um, yeah, this week at Doomben, uh, we highlighted, uh, headlined by the uh, seventy-two thousand dollars to the winner Doomben Mile uh, meeting this Saturday. So exciting! Hopefully the rain stays away, and we can get some firm chucks to bet on. All right, very good, guys. It's a pleasure as always. Uh, we'll be betting all throughout the week. If you're interested, get on board via the links in the description, all that sort of stuff. But, uh, guys, we'll catch up next week and deep dive. And once again, till then, go well.